1: a lot of times in my mind i'm like are you crazy you see how long that crazy that line is i'll come back tomorrow or something in this case i wouldn't have been able to come back tomorrow Uh, but she was right I, i i need to stop there and eat that burger
0: i'm robin sessingham and this is the zest citrus seafood spanish flavor and southern charm we're all about food in florida Sometimes you come across someone who is so passionate about something that their enthusiasm ends up rubbing off on you. That's how it is with Seth Gonzalez, also known as Burger Beast. If you don't love hamburgers now, just wait until you hear what Seth has to say. Support for the Zest podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand natural foods like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more. Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at Seitenbacher.com. Seth Gonzalez puts on food events and competitions and writes about hamburgers and other comfort food from his base in Miami. Nearly 80,000 burger fans follow his blog on BurgerBeast.com. And when I say passionate, Seth created a whole museum dedicated to the hamburger. He wrote the book, All About the Burger, A History of America's Favorite Sandwich. Seth Gonzalez, you are the Burger Beast.
1: That is correct,
0: <laughs> and you have been everywhere in this state uh, eating hamburgers. You just came out with a list of the twenty-four best burgers in the state, and the first thing I want to ask you is, how do you judge what what's a good burger?
1: For me personally, I'm a giant fan of thinner patties that are cooked on a flat top. While I do like char grilled burgers, that's not necessarily a thing. But I do love having a sear. Whether it's on a, a char grill, you know, like a quote unquote bar, barbecue grill outdoors, or on a flat top, I love the sear. I love the the taste when they use, you know, some kosher salt, a little bit of salt, uh, maybe pepper on the outside. Uh, toasted buns, which back in the day I, I didn't even consider that, but you know, it's a nice surprise when you bite in and there's like the crunch. Mm. And I I learned from all, all my travels that pickle mustard onion is the way to go
0: pickles, mustard, and onion. You you know, you find these out-of-the-way places. I gotta say, you've got been to a lot of places in my neck of the woods that I never would have dreamed people would have discovered. On that list of your 24 burgers, you've got a place in Fort Meade in Polk County. You've got Winter Haven on there. Uh, i'm in i'm in lakeland so okay uh, you can tell i, I mean, love I was, lakeland
1: i love lakeland yeah. uh uh the reese cliff oh my god man don't even yeah. get me started on that place i love it
0: yeah uh, you have reese cliffs <laughs> on there i've done stories on their pies and uh you had your burger on that list you had andy's igloo in winter haven on there so yeah, I was I, I, I was super impressed yeah i mean you really have you've gotten around so You told us what makes a great burger for you. Let me ask you first, because I know people are going to be wondering this. Everybody makes hamburgers at home. So what can we do to make a better hamburger for ourselves at home?
1: I think the most, most important part is the beef. you got to go fresh beef. Uh, I know a lot of people probably kind of lean towards, well, it doesn't matter. I'll go buy a package product. But if you can always get fresh beef, you start with great ingredients, you're always going to end up with a better, better sandwich.
0: So and you yes, a- I am
1: saying a burger is a sandwich, by the way.
0: <laughs> okay. So when you say fresh beef, you just mean ground beef that you make the patty yourself. Don't get the frozen patties.
1: Right. Well, you can get there's fresh ground burger patties already at markets and local markets, and uh, so I, I think it does it doesn't have to be. Uh, per se ground beef, and you can hand patty, which is cool. I also, you know, the the bad the patties when you do hand patty. I like this thing; they're beautiful, ugly. You know, they're they're slightly deformed, and yeah. they make and that makes them more attractive to me. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: what about the beef? Should it be sirloin? Should it be? Should you blend in some pork in there or lamb? What makes what's the best? Oh man, you're
1: you're, try, you're trying to start problems <laughs> with me. I think <laughs> for me, the only burger is pure one hundred percent ground beef uh, to be specific, a cow. Um, and uh-huh. I, I think 80, 20 or the fattier you can get it, the better. Oh, really? It, yeah. And so we, we did a series of pop-ups. We being my, and when I say we, by the way, I just want to mention that's my wife and I, cause Burger Beast has an entity as my wife and I, um, and your wife's name is Marcella.
0: Marcella. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, and she's going to get angry that I mentioned her. <laughs> she doesn't like. <laughs> she likes to be behind the she, scenes. <laughs> yeah, but
0: she's with you. I know she yeah. goes to these and these tastings with you. So, so you like uh fattier meat? Not what about like ground sirloin? Because I, I guess that's pretty lean.
1: I do like a sirloin burger too. I'm I'm not that picky, you know. I, I like ground mm-hmm. beef. One of my favorite favorite burgers growing up was a place called Keg South. It opened here in the in the 60s here in Miami, and I've been going there since I, I was probably late teens. Um, and I really dig that burger and I, it is, it is sirloin just like Latub, which is a very well-known burger in Hollywood, Florida that was popularized by Oprah and they have a, a, a sirloin burger.
0: Mm. These sound so good. And when you go down this list, the pictures you take, you're good photographer of hamburgers which is not an easy thing to take a picture of you look down these pictures and if your mouth doesn't start watering look at these pictures I don't know it just it makes you so hungry I have to let people know if you're hearing uh, a lot of noise in the background there is a big thunderstorm going on right now and uh, a lot of lightning and a lot of thunder and a lot of rain now <clears throat> wow. blowing against my windows so
1: that makes sense you know, for a minute there i thought i was i was heavy breathing into the mic
0: <laughs> oh no yeah you know it's our new reality is is this broadcasting from home so you know at least i don't have the lawnmower outside of the neighbor's house but uh, right now it's the thunder um so it's you know we're authentic florida weather here so what about toppings i saw i laughed because i saw something you wrote and you said you said some burgers oh in those 20 that list of 24 you said you know none of these use uh lettuce and tomato which are offensive (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) which are my standard i put lettuce tomato and onions so you you don't lettuce and tomatoes no
1: i i don't care for lettuce at all uh tomatoes are, are possible but the truth is with burgers uh, when I when I, when I, I wrote my book last year and, and the last 12 years of that I've been doing the blog, I, you start going into a deep dive into the history of the burgers. And when we're out in Mississippi or we're in Kentucky, we're in Ohio, we're in Indiana, we're in these places where burger joints have been around since the 20s. Since the, the very onset of their popularity. Mm. And, and they like to keep it simple there. It's usually like some variation of pickle, mustard, onion. Some of them don't even have cheese. Uh, I wouldn't even dare insult them by saying, "Hey, uh, can I get mayo? You know, I, mean, I wouldn't even dare. I'm like, however it comes, it comes. And, and generally, I like to get the burger, especially in an old school spot, the way it was originally served. I want to try it how it was originally envisioned to be served. Now, yeah. more recent place, if let, lettuce is on there, I'm like, come on, remove that thing. Although, <laughs> although there's a place in in Fort Lauderdale called Henry's uh, Sandwich Shop, which just opened about a year a, a year ago. And they, the owners of that place used to own a place called Rock Burger, uh, which I loved. And they did, gave me shredded lettuce and I ate it and I didn't even complain. All right. I complained after, but <laughs> I did eat it. complained <laughs> a
0: little. <laughs> because it was so good, huh?
1: Yeah. And, and I think that... When it starts taking away, I mean, some people are into the the flavor of the lettuce and the crunch and the tomato. I, I don't care for it. I, I am kind of mm-hmm. like, I like the meats and maybe just the mustard, the pickle. There is just something about that particular combination. If you've never tried it, try it. And I, and, and by the way, when I mean try it, I'm, I'm not saying you need to go to an old burger joint. If you if you love McDonald's, go to McDonald's and just tell them, you know, you just want cheese, pickle, mustard, and onion, or just remove cheese and have it and try it you see there's just something about that combination whoever came up with it because we don't know uh, although there's a strong inkling that it was probably white castle because uh, they're the ones who popularized the usage of it
0: well it's funny i'm gonna have to go back and try it because i have always since i was a little girl the first thing i did when i got a hamburger was take off that hot pickle off the hamburger for some reason i thought "Ooh, i don't like a hot mushy pickle you know, I like a cold, I'll have a cold spear, pickle spear next to my burger, but I always took that off first. And also, um, what about ketchup? Ketchup seems like the classic thing to put on your hamburger. Must go on hot dogs.
1: What's ketchup? No. Uh, <laughs> so Biff Burger, which is shouldn't be too far from you in St. Petersburg, uh, they were a chain that was uh, in about three or four states, and it was based out of central Florida. And Biff Burger has what I would call kind of like a barbecue ketchup. And I I really like that, just like Goody Goody Burger, which is another one. That's another Mm. burger that makes me lose my mind. I'm looking at the picture of it right now, and I feel like jumping in my car and making the four-hour drive over there.
0: Oh, Um, I know. Goody Goody Burger, that's owned by the Gonsmart's, right, that own the Columbia restaurant?
1: It is owned by the Gonsmart. And I I remember Goody Goody Burger. I never ate there in Tampa, when the original iteration of it. Yeah. When I found out that the Gonsmart had purchased everything about it and we're going to bring it back, I was ecstatic. I had just met them uh, mm-hmm. because I had gone to the Columbia. I'm Cuban. So, you know, that's the oldest Cuban restaurant in the United States. So, of course, I made a trek there to go try it out. I loved it. I loved everything about it. And um I had a great experience. And, uh, and when I found out they were doing goody-goody burgers, I was super excited.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that list of the twenty-four uh, best burgers in the state. We can't go through all twenty-four,
1: but let's, <laughs> all right.
0: you know, give me your give me your top few.
1: I will talk to you about one that's pretty funny, Max Drive Thru in Gainesville. I have a giant list of not only burger restaurants that I would love to hit up, but comfort food. You know, fried chicken and has mm-hmm. a great mac and cheese, and in particular especially if they've been around, you know, 40, 50 years, I definitely want to hit up the restaurant. Max Drive-Thru opened in the in the early 80s, and I've been wanting to hit them up. And we were driving up to Kentucky uh, when I was doing my book signing tour last year. And I, I, I told my wife, look, I want to get off on our drive, go to Max Drive-Thru so I can finally eat there, and we'll continue. So we got off. It was about a 30-minute diversion from the turnpike, or I-95. I don't remember which one we were on. I get there and there's such a ridiculously long line. And really? I tell her, There's no way I'm waiting in this line. And I just start leaving. And she's like, Are you crazy? <laughs> we just diverted ourselves 30 minutes so you could come here. You're gonna regret. She's like, You're gonna regret not eating here. And I was like, mm-hmm. You're right. And we turned around and went back. And actually the line went super fast. And I was so happy. And a lot of times I need her to tell me things like that. Because a lot of times in my mind, I'm like, are you crazy? You see how long that crazy that line is? I'll come back tomorrow or something. In this case, I wouldn't have been able to come back tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: but she was right. I, I, I need to stop there and eat that burger.
0: It's a good sign when you see a line like that. So so you'd have to say that might be your number one.
1: I don't know if I'd say that's my number one. You know, Kakalakis, I'm, I'm a giant fan of. And they just changed their name to Carolina Jacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're up in Jacksonville, and I, like I said, I produce food events. I do an event in Miami that I don't, I don't do it any longer called the Hamburger House Party. And at the last Hamburger House Party, they were a food truck out of Jacksonville. I invited them because I like their burger. They came down and they actually beat everyone here in Miami, which is kind of crazy. Um, I was uh, su- super happy for them, and now they just opened during the pandemic. They just opened their first restaurant, and they ch- changed their name from Cacalakis Carolina Jacks. Very straightforward smash burger, really crispy bacon. Uh, I can't say enough great things. Fresh cut fries, great family owns it. So, I mean, if you're up, up north, I definitely suggest you check out Carolina Jackson and also Max uh, Max Drive-Thru.
0: You've said smash burger a couple times, and I'm not sure what you mean.
1: Okay, so smash burger is a technique that was pioneered by, uh, by White Castle in 1916. They take a ball of beef and they just put it on the flat top and then they just get a spatula and then they smash it down and then they put onions on it. So then the onions steam from the beef cooking and then they flip it onto the onions. It, it doesn't have to have onions, but it is indeed smashed. And the reason you smash it is the bottom part of the burger is going to get a crust.
0: Oh, so they smash it right there on the on the griddle.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, it's still raw because it's got to be fresh beef. You put a little, you know, three, two and a half, two and a quarter ounce you just smash it straight down and it almost gets stuck to the griddle that you almost got to scrape it off. Mm -hmm. And then when you flip it, if you've ever had, um, I don't know if you've ever had Shake Shack, Shake Shack does it that way.
0: Where do you stand on seasoning the meat with garlic powder or, you know, other seasonings before you make the burger?
1: You sound guilty right now. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> why are you no, laughing?
0: You know, <laughs> you know, because I don't do it because okay. I'm lazy. Right. And then I think, well, I should be seasoning this. So tell me I'm, I'm right.
1: I do not mix anything into the meat. I'll tell you why. Um, because I think that if you start doing stuff like that, you're becoming more of a meatloaf than an actual burger.
0: Exactly. Well, I was going to ask you. You could put breadcrumbs in there. You could put an egg in there. You could put a lot of stuff in there. Right. But then it turns into more of a meatloafy kind of thing.
1: Right. Not that there's anything wrong with meatloaf, but, <laughs> but it's, it's not a, a burger. A, meatlo- a meatloaf is not a burger, correct?
0: Okay. Good. So you also love these drive-up restaurants, these old-fashioned drive-ins, kind of yeah. yeah drive-ins where they come out and wait on you. What? You know, you found some of those and I was, I was reading through your list, John's drive-in and Fort Mead. I couldn't get over it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you found some of those, um, what is it about those that you love so much?
1: I think it's a throwback to simpler times. You know, I, I never got to really experience it in its heyday and it interests me a lot. It's a lot of the reason I'm into the history. My grandfather uh, owned a printing shop, but he was really into food. He, he used to print business cards and invoices for all these restaurants in, in Miami. And so he always knew when there was a new restaurant, he always knew which restaurant to go to. He knew the owners and I kind of watched it. And he was always very into history. And I think kind of all that passed on to me. You know, my sister, nah, nothing. Me, everything. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm kind of into the whole, uh, you know, food and the history and the ties to it. I also kind of feel the need to, uh, why I don't, I don't know. I I, I feel the need to kind of, it's getting lost, and I kind of feel like almost I gotta carry the flag for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Document uh, it before it's gone,
1: and th- and that's one of the most frightening things because as people pass away and restaurants close, this information gets lost, and one day you're you know just thumbing through newspapers trying to put together stories of what a business was like or how some some it, some burger got from this part of the United States to the another part of the United States. Or in the case, for example, of the Frita Cubana, which I've been studying forever. How oh, right. I a... just
0: want to mention that mm. the Miami NPR station once called you a one man Frita campaign. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you have really been enthusiastic about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and it's interesting because I don't, I, I've been trying to kind of comprehend how the style Adar fritas cooked, like, is just how White Castle did it. And fritas started coming about in the late 1920s in fuel line carts. Like, they were like hot dog carts, essentially. And it's the same cooking technique. So somehow, this particular technique was created in Ohio and found its way to Cuba. And then, you know, Cubans took it because they can't help themselves. They wanted to make it their own way. And they added seasoning and they added, you know, the julian potatoes and kind of made it. What it is now.
0: Cuban style. Right. Yeah. And those are still, you can still find those in Miami?
1: All over the place. Yeah. There's Pacific restaurants that that's their specialty. You go there and there's maybe only five things on the, kind of like some of these burger joints out in the Midwest. You go and there's just burgers, fries, and shakes. In this case, there's shakes here. the would be batidos. And then, you know, they might do fries and they do, and then they do fritas.
0: Oh, that sounds so good. Sounds yeah. so good.
1: You can find so- them in Tampa, by the way. There are some fritas. And my, my friends own a food truck called Alokuano, which is in, in Orlando. And they drive, they do events all over Central Florida and they do fritas on their menu.
0: I'll look for it. And I, you know, I'm going to have to stop at one of these drive-up places. I was just thinking some of the, I know I have driven by some of the drive-up restaurants that you mentioned. And I never, it never occurred to me to stop there i don't know if i'm nervous about the sanitation it looks older the menu looks kind of funky and i'm just don't you know but that stuff doesn't bother you
1: oh i, do- <laughs> I don't know if it doesn't bother me but it's funny the first thing when i get there i start getting really stressed because i don't know what to do i'm like so what do i do because in some place the back you know originally you would park your car and you turn on your 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 lights and that would kind of signify you wanted service and then they would come to your car um, I some places it's like that, some it's not. So I kind of park and I'm like, well, am I supposed to, you know, call out to someone? Do I get off? Do I wave my hand? You know, Start blowing uh, your horn. <laughs> right. I think that would be a little I, I think that's almost a little obnoxious if I did that. But if, I, if it was a drive in in Miami, I probably would be doing that. <laughs> and, and so so we parked there and then, you know, and since you know, I mean, you don't Marcelle, know what to do. Right, Marcel's with me, and she's like, and then, you know, it's the whole menu thing. And then you feel the pressure that they come talk to you, and they're like, hey, what do you have? And you just got there. You're like, oh, I haven't even really looked at the menu yet. Like, I have to kind of figure out. And then, you don't know, want I'm asking? I'm, I'm always kind of fearful when I ask them, what, what do you think I should get here? What's your special? Because I kind of feel they're going to steer me to something they're trying to get rid of. So <laughs> I'm uh-huh. like,
0: yeah. so I always
1: have to kind of investigate in advance and go anywhere I could find, anywhere social media look up and kind of see what everyone's getting or what everyone says I should get. Mm-hmm. And then I definitely want to get that, but I like getting the first time I go, I like getting like a bare bones burger with kind of like nothing on it. So I could kind of just taste what it's like.
0: Now I didn't see anything critical on any of the things on your blogs. Are you, are you ever negative or do you just leave those reviews off your site?
1: I, when I started the blog in 2008, I actually had a uh, very critical, um, stuff on there. And I, I kind of, so a couple of people got angry with me and I realized that what I wasn't really out to do, I wasn't really out to hurt people's businesses. I was kind of looking to elevate people who are doing a great job. And that's what I kind of made my, my blog about for the last 12 years.
0: Yeah. Right. So as I said, you have been absolutely, it looks like every nook and cranny in this state. I want to know before we go, where's your absolute favorite that you would go back to if you're close enough in Florida in Florida
1: wow that's a that's a good question um you know I mean I really liked Angel's Dining Car in Palacca Florida it's the oldest
0: dining uh, car yeah it's
1: the oldest it's the oldest diner in Florida and it's an actual dining car it's very narrow if you if you go to that post I wrote and click on the link you can actually see my a picture of my wife sitting inside you can actually see the inside of it
0: like dining car from a train
1: right right it's kind of like a tra- train car it's very narrow and when you scroll through you'll see a picture and you can see how small it is and you see my wife sitting at, at the very first table right there like smiling uh i love that there is something about that special i i think also i think sometimes I have to go a couple of times because I go in there and the nostalgia factor kind of takes over too. And you're like, I really want to love this. You know, And I got to be honest with myself. Would, would I really come back here? You know, and we ate there and we had such a good experience. We wanted to come back instantly, you know, but all these places I listed the reason, and I probably could have done a list of a hundred places that you should visit. Uh, but I wanted to kind of, make it a little more focused because I was hoping that people would actually take the time. If some of these places are near them for them to go out and check it out.
0: Oh, definitely. I definitely am. I, you know, Andy's igloo. Okay. That's a place Andy's driving. I've driven past a million times and I have heard that that's a good, especially their milkshakes. I've heard are good, right? So I'm going to go there.
1: Then winter Haven actually is interesting because they have the old school McDonald's sign outside and they have the old school Arby sign outside. Like the yeah. old ten gallon hat Arby's, which you don't really see that often anymore.
0: So I probably don't even know it's old school. I probably <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's if you're in, in if you're in Lakeland, you probably think, oh, okay, that's normal. <laughs>
0: that's normal. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know how we ended up at Cliff? is like we were eating at another restaurant, and I don't really want to go into it. And and we were, my wife really, Marcella really wanted a piece of pie, and then we asked, is there anywhere to get good pie? And they said, oh, you should go to Reesecliff and we went there. And I was like, "What? The, I mean, this burger is incredible. I, and they didn't even say that. Tell me that. I'd, and I've researched the whole state. I have a gigantic list of places I want to visit. And no one's ever, ever told me, hey, you should go to the Reescliff. and That's never even come up. What about that red top pit stop, which is so cool, <laughs> right? So
0: I saw that on your list. And that is a place <laughs> I've had friends tell me, like, they bring their own cooler of beers or whatever, and they go up there. That place is way up on the north side of Lakeland, like out in the boonies. And I have never, I've never ventured out that far. But it, that place oh, wow. was good, huh?
1: Yeah, I had. I, I, you know, where else I went years ago? We stayed in 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 Lakeland about six years ago, and we went to a place called Jimbo's Pit Barbecue.
0: Oh yeah, Jimbo's. Oh yeah.
1: And I went there and I asked for a burger, and the disgruntled employee said to me, "Are you sure you want a burger? Because that's going to take about seven minutes to make." <laughs> that's what she actually told me, just like that. And I go, I mean, what what should I get? <laughs> the
0: ribs, the ribs are ready.
1: <laughs> and I I said, what about a ham and cheese? Oh yeah, I can get that for you right now. And, and that's what I ended up eating a ham and cheese sandwich uh, of all things, you know. Really? I, and I, I I think I was so shocked that she told me that that she pretty much was trying to talk me out of ordering what I wanted. Um, uh, that.
0: <laughs> well, next time you come, you've got to uh, you got to look me up. Oh, so definitely. Really
1: I, w- I w- we would love to. Maybe something we didn't even discuss was that I used to own a museum. Uh, Oh,
0: I know the Burger Museum. What happened? It's closed now.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, you know, we gave it a go three times. We opened the first variation didn't work. We closed it. We added an ice cream shop. We expanded it or an old school ice cream shop at the beginning. That didn't work. So after a year, I revamped and made it into an old school candy shop. And again, that didn't work. So I was like, I give up. (laughs) At this point, I am it. It was. It was a lot of fun, and my heart was poured into it. It was very sad for me. Uh, I mean, to be 100% honest, we financially, it killed us. I mean, it it, it brutalized me financially, me and my wife. Um, I'm
0: so, sorry to hear that.
1: And, yeah, it's a shame because and, and I have a lot of the pieces. I sold a lot of the larger pieces, but the smaller collections, and I kind of don't want to sell to the wrong person. So I'm not really – I, I am interested to recoup my money on some of the stuff, Uh, But there's things like Dog and Suds where they donated a lot of stuff to me, yeah. For example, and I sent them all their stuff back.
0: So it was a burger museum, and the fact that it was memorabilia from burger joints, old fashioned burger joints.
1: Burger joints and comfort food. So we had the main room was all burger restaurants, and then we had a side area that had fried chicken stuff, and then we had, you know, Arby's. So we had a bunch of roast beef restaurants. I mean, we had stuff, I, I. it's interesting that you come across all the stuff that you've never heard of, like Kentucky roast beef. I didn't know that Kentucky uh, Fried Chicken tried opening a series of roast beef restaurants. No,
0: I, I didn't <laughs> either.
1: And it was only around for about a year in the late 60s, I think it was 69 to 70. And they ended up, they had a hundred of them and they ended up just converting them to KFCs or they were part of a KFC. Uh, so they had both menus the one here in Miami the building is still there but now it's it's a Kentucky fried chicken but i actually have i have a tray and i have like a an employee name tag and a button and i even have the blueprints for the building that i bought from someone and and the thing i, I can't i even though i don't have a museum i still buy things uh, little things here and there uh, that kind of remind me if you go to the page if you're on the desktop and you go to my website and you go on the drop down menu and said food history there's a burger museum Scroll down, and there's actually a video that a friend of mine shot on the last day we were open, and he actually did an entire walkthrough of the whole museum so you could see it.
0: Oh, that's great. And that you could see,
1: and, you, and uh, when you see it, you're going to be like, I cannot believe you had that much stuff. <laughs> the coolest thing I ever did was we did, and there's pictures on that same page, I did a, a thing called a night at the museum, and we did a, a dinner where I had a couple of chefs, friends of mine who re-envisioned different fast food dishes and did their own versions of them. We had oh, a WECO cocktail and, and it was a blast. And, and we set up tables in the museum and you see a picture of people seated in tables inside of the museum. We had waiter service and everything. Yeah, it was a blast. It's a it's a good memory to have.
0: Yeah, you've got to do this again. I want to go this time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of briefly was talking to someone about doing uh, bringing the museum to Tampa and permanently finding a home there. But that kind of fell through. I hope maybe one day, you know, there's the right place. I mean, right now I have the good majority of the stuff. The stuff I really sold off were larger pieces, which are replaceable. Mm -hmm. I haven't really gotten rid of anything that I can't get again. It's very hard. It's kind of hard for me when if someone wants something that I can't find again I'm like nah, I don't know if I want to sell that to you yeah. <laughs> And if it sounds like I'm playing hard to get I'm really not it's my preoccupation is what's going to happen to it after I, it leaves my hands
0: yeah this has been a great conversation Seth thank you so much
1: no oh, thank you so much for thinking of me and having me on I had a blast
0: that was Seth Gonzalez also known as Burger Beast we have Seth's recipe for Frita on our website thezestpodcast.com Don't miss next week's episode of The Zest. We hear from another Miami Cuban-American, but with a kosher twist. Our guest Jeannie Milgram traced her roots back over hundreds of years to search out a story about her Jewish ancestors, the Spanish Inquisition, and old family recipes. You have to hear this. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Robin Sessingham. D'Elia Colon and I produce The Zest with help from Cheyenne Jaglal and Mark Hayes. Copyright 2020, WUSF Public Media, University of South Florida.